Hey everybody, and welcome to issue 49 of Comic Stripped. We are your hosts, Ariel. And Joe. Alright, so this month we're reading These Savage Shores, Volume 1, and Moon Knight, Volume 1. Check it out. All right, we're flipping the script this month, and we're actually going to start with the second book we mentioned at the top, which is Moon Knight. So we're starting off with Moon Knight, Volume 1. Uh, this is Volume 1 subtitled Lunatic, because I know there are a lot of Volume 1s of Moon Knight out there, if you're checking out in your local bookstore, library, comic shop, whatever. Uh, so this is written by Jeff Lemire, uh, with art by Greg Smallwood, colors by Jordi Belair. There's a bunch of additional artists, Wilfredo Torres, Francisco Francavilla. Uh, James Stokoe, Michael Garland. Uh, yeah, so. So for this one, I I do have to preface that I have been watching Moon Knight on the Netflix. Netflix? On the, on the Disney Plus. On the Disney, Disney Plus. Disney be very upset Excuse with Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I've been watching it, and Ariel, you have, you have filled me in with some details about what's happening for, you know, because I'm not, I've never, before this, I had never, ever heard of moon knight so um i will say that for this particular volume it's it's not it's like i have to grade it differently for people who have never who who have are not familiar with moon knight and people who are familiar with moon knight yeah i think that's fair i think and we've run into this problem before where this Aquaman. is clearly not the <laughs> yeah among others <laughs> uh fantastic four uh there are a few other ones where we talk about how if you're if you're picking this up, like the Marvel's trying, and DC does the same thing, a lot of the major publishers that have these ongoing characters, they're trying to make everybody happy by like making a story that they say is accessible to new readers and also like something that uh, experienced or past readers, I should say, will be able to come in and also enjoy. But it seems like it's, pretty impossible to do yeah. that like you you're either gonna include elements that people don't understand because you're expected to have known about moon knight or it's gonna be brand new and it's gonna be great for new readers but the old readers are like well i already read the origin story or whatever right so i mean i feel tough. like it wouldn't hurt just to have like a, a prologue page where you say if you're not familiar with this character here's what you really need to know and the people who have read it can just skip that page yeah so i mean they have the little they have a little paragraph of like Mark Spector is Moon Knight, blah, blah, blah. But they don't talk about, like, these are all the characters that yeah. he has, you know, encountered. This is what happened prior to the story or anything. They just kind of jump you right in. and Right. Yeah. So that's why, um, for this one, I would have to say, if, if you are, f you know, familiar with Moon Knight, I would give this one a solid A. If you're not familiar with Moon Knight, I have to give it a B. Just because there's so much... Easter egg intern, you know, yeah. internal stuff that's happening. That if you're familiar with the character and that world, and <laughs> you want to say Hong Shu, <laughs> okay, Kong Shu, Kong Shu, yeah, thank you. Hong Shu is something from Kimmy Schmidt. Anyway, oh. <laughs> um, if you're familiar with, or you know, even if you're familiar with, you know, Egyptian mythology, you might know some of this stuff. But if you're not you're going to be incredibly lost and you're going to be meeting this character who you don't really care what his plight is. Right? It's like all you know is that this this guy is in is in a sanatorium. Yep. Sanatorium, sanitarium. Mental hospital. Mental hospital. Anyway, he's in a mental hospital because he he thinks that he's uh 
the he's he thinks he's Moon Knight, or at least he's being he has a voice that keeps coming to him, uh, Khonshu, that is telling him Mark Mark Specter that he is the Moon Knight, and he's convinced himself that he is, and it's so it's kind of a fun thing if you're if you're familiar with Moon Knight, it's kind of a fun thing because it's it's kind of like can he actually trust himself because half the time when he looks at people he can see the Egyptian figureheads they're representing, and the other half the time they look like regular people, and when you have enough people tell you around you you're 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 imagining things that's not real and then what you're seeing disappears i can understand how that would make you go is am i imagining all this is this real this is this is insanity so i get that but one thing i didn't understand is at least maybe this is different um on the show than what they do in the comics is that mark specter in the show seems incredibly confident yeah mark specter is the is kind of the the mercenary kind of uh, persona. So, you know, Mark and, uh, if you will, if we just kind of refer to one of the names of the many characters that are part of the identities of Moon Knight, Mark has dissociative identity disorder, um, but Mark tends to be like kind of the, the main right. one, at least that's, you know, traditionally the way it works. Um, and he's a mercenary, so he does have that confidence and that tactical edge and the kind of the fighter's kind of mentality. And then the other personas, Jake, Steven, among others, that different comic art uh, creators kind of steven by the way is way different on the show he's yes. not a he's not a millionaire playboy no he's uh yeah he's definitely yeah <laughs> far from yeah it. um but yeah yeah mark is nominally the confident one but i think no matter what like the the the, the issues with the what is real what is not like what if, who am i really is like a core part of the character so it, the confusion I think, think even in, even gets down. to Mark. Yeah. Okay. So we have this character, and he's he's being communicated like Conchu is communicating with him and saying you have to get out of here, you have to lead the people through the night or something, whatever. It's a, apparently some famous Moon Knight saying, "The travelers <laughs> sure. of the night," something sure. like that. <laughs> anyway, and so uh, Mark is he he's you know he wants to get away, but the. The, the, the head of the psychiatric ward, I guess you could call her, is, is telling him, no, listen, you are not the Moon Knight. There is a Moon Knight. You are not him. You've been in the system since you were 12 years old. You're an orphan. And you've always wanted, you've always had these, you know, delusions of, of grandeur where you've wanted to be the Moon Knight. She's like, all of this is in your head. You're not the Moon Knight. And she's like, I can't let you hang out with other people in this in this clinic if you're going to think stuff like that. And as he's walking through, like, kind of the main living area of the clinic he sees this woman that's just talking to herself and it's like oh you know the coffee's not ready yet honey oh why are you you know and he has this kind of flash where he remembers that woman talking to him as he is the taxi version of himself taxi driver version of himself yeah, jake yeah. jake thank you and he's like wait a minute i know this woman it's weird that she's here and so then he um also encounters a, a gentleman named crawley who is talking to him, and he realizes they must know each other as well. Yeah, and then later he meets... Uh, Duchamp. Duchamp, yeah. Uh, so the Frenchie, as he's uh, affectionately known, common Moon Knight character, uh, and Marlene as well, who's mm -hmm. kind of like a love interest and also, I think, at one point, foe of Moon Knight. Okay. Um, so he sees these people that he feels like he knows right. in the hospital with him, the facility, and Crawley, I think, is the one that kind of like encourages him like no you need to escape like yeah this is this is actually not real you are special in some way 
and he kind of hands him like a red pen or something. Uh, after, well, he get, he stay, he steals the pen from the the, the psychiatrist. Oh, I thought Crawley office. gave it. I thought Crawley gave it to him, but maybe you're right. Maybe yeah, you're right. They have a scene where she's facing the window, and you see her desk with the pen. Okay. And then in the next panel, the pen is missing. Yeah. And okay. like, you, if you're not even paying attention, you wouldn't notice that because <laughs> she's talking, so you're not paying attention to that part. So then you see him, and he has the pen, and he becomes Moon Knight, and he takes down the two guards, the two jerk guards. By the way, they're not very nice people. That yeah. are sent to to the orderlies that are sent to watch him, and yeah. also they give him electroshock therapy, and yeah. he manages to make it away from them. But he goes up, all the way up through the top of the psychiatric ward, to the, or the the sanitarium, and he's looking out on New York City, and New York City is covered in sand. Yeah, and it's like a giant pyramid, and he's like, "What's going on?" And the orderlies come busting through the the stairwell, and they have like jackal heads. Yeah, they're not human anymore, and he's like. Well, this is messed up, and then he. But he. They take his hood. They and take then... his hood off, which is kind of like a makeshift. It's not really his normal Moon Knight <clears throat> outfit. Is like a makeshift thing made out of sheets right. from his room, and then he sees that everything is looks normal again. So the confusion about like what's right. real and what's not kind of continues, but eventually all of his friends find a way to get him out of there. They get him out. Of, they they get together. They they manage to pull one of his old costumes. Out of storage, which is the Mister Knight outfit, outfit uh, which is uh, this is like basically in a business suit with a with a yeah mm-hmm. with a uh, like a balaclava over his head um, in Moon Knight theme. Um, that's like a more recent invention. That that like outfit didn't exist until like a few years ago. Um, <laughs> okay. For him, he normally looks like Batman, just all in white. Okay. Kind of with a Assassin's Creed like hood over sure. his head. Okay. Um, and. Yeah, they manage to, like, fight zombies and get through a subway. They go down, I guess, instead of up to try to escape. And they do. Um, and, and they make it out to the... Yeah, Khonshu guides them to this section of the of the subway tunnel. And there's kind of like this... I don't want to say stairway to heaven, but, like, <laughs> boatway to heaven. Yeah. And Anubis comes in and kind of like uh, Charon the boatman. He, like, requires a sacrifice to be led out. And so... Crawley sacrifices his own soul to allow them to travel, so they lose one of their friends. Um, this seems like a very arduous journey. There's a lot of talking and stuff to go that's going on. It's not as quick as maybe we're telling it here right. verbally, but um, the journey is long, and all this stuff happens, and they and manage to, like... Meanwhile, like, Mark is the only one who can see all these things. Right. Like, well, Crawley can, too, because he's on the drugs. He, like, yeah. he's, done a lot of, he's done a lot of stuff in his time. I so think other people of... are like getting hurt, right? But they can't see it, right? They well, they can, yeah, they can see stuff happening, but it, to ever to them, it looks like normal. Like for Gina, the the woman who owns the diner, it just looks like the orderlies are chasing her, and it looks like when Anubis shows up, it just looks like a, a train conductor, like, "Hey, I need some money from you guys." Yeah, and then of course Marlene's knocked out, but even to um to Frenchie, it, it looks like just regular people, and when they get out, when they manage to make it across to new york city back into new york city it's like sand is is trickling down from the sky and to everyone else but mark it looks it feels like rain yeah and then a cop comes to them but the cop is actually sobek and attacks them and actually manages to fatally wound frenchy mm-hmm. uh and frenchy like as he's dying in the street is like i, I see them i like he starts to see right and then somehow gina, gina also yeah, starts to see, see. And so they're kind of walking around these, like, sand-swept streets of New York. 
and they find Gina's diner, which is kind of like where Jake, the Mark's other identity, Jake's persona, um, like would go and where he met Gina. So like they go there and they take a rest, but it's kind of like Gina's kind of final spot. She doesn't want to move. Right. She wants to wait for her kids or something. I forget. And she's like, I'm, I, even if the, you know, whole world ends here, I'm, I think I'm going to stay. Yeah. So, but Mark, Marlene is awake. Right. It's finally woken up. And so she's like, my head gets clearer. The further away I get from the hospital and the closer I get to this big pyramid, we have to go to this pyramid. Yeah. So they, and so Mark's like, okay, go let's pyramid. go. And who's there? Moon Knight. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like, Mark, you're a lunatic. Uh, well, call back. Lunatic. Uh, yes. Is the title, of course, <laughs> of the book. Anyway. And so he, um, he, Moon Knight takes, basically takes Marlene and is like, well, we have, what should we call him? If he's like Mr. The, Knight is the, is, is what Mark is right now with his like suit. Okay. So he's Mr. Knight. Okay. So Moon Knight is the other guy. Yeah. And he's okay. fighting traditional costume Moon Knight. I wasn't Knight. sure if we were doing like a, a French for Olivia, Olivia. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like I gotcha. Moon Knight. Mock Knight. <laughs> sure. That would work. Okay. Anyway. So Mock Knight has Marlene and says, listen, you can't trust this guy. He's, he's not Moon Knight. He's not who he says he is. And she grabs him, and at the same time, Moon, Mock Knight and Mr. Knight are fighting. And... They kind of go through different, like, realities almost. Like, they use different the different artists right. to kind of portray different scenes where, you know, Mark's not sure what's real, like... Yeah, he walks reality. onto a set for yeah. a television show. And eventually, he does kind of keep following these, like... He falls them into the pyramid. Moon symbols and stuff falls them into the pyramid. And he comes across Seth, who's another one of the Egyptian gods that Khonshu had told Mark was the root cause of everything, that he was causing all the trouble. But it turns out that that's not true, because Seth has also been captured, and he's like, oh, you're Khonshu's, you know, dude. <laughs> Avatar. Uh, uh, pup, I think he says. Oh, okay. Because, you know, haughty Egyptian god. Yeah. And uh, uh, he's like, you should, you should you know go find out who's really in charge of this if you don't already know because it ain't me i'm captured and being manipulated in this pyramid right and so he kind of goes up to the top of the pyramid and moon knight is there who'd been stabbed by uh mr knight mark earlier uh and he reveals himself to be Konshu. Konshu himself and Konshu's like yeah i've been trapped in the other void i'm dying bro and I so i want to yeah can i take over your body can i have you He's like, you know, you've been a great avatar for me for a long time, but uh, your mind is weak, and you know that, and that's what makes you a suitable vessel for me. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, take over your body, bro. And so Mark slash Mr. Knight is like, no, and he jumps off the pyramid out into the air and then dies. And wakes up in a hotel room as Stephen Grant one of his other... The billionaire playboy. Identities. He's just a billionaire playboy in the comics as opposed to a fuddy-duddy British uh, museum... Jan- like shop shop employee? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, they're uh, they're kind of getting getting ready to film a scene that he's like dating like an actress or something. Yeah. And he just looks out the window and smiles and that's... And that's the, the end, end of, of the that volume. volume. Yeah. So what was real? What was not? So like I said, if you're familiar with, if, if you understand Moon Knight, you're familiar with Moon Knight. It's a, it's a fun read because it is, I, I do like that kind of stuff where you don't know if you can trust a reality 
or whether you know like yeah. is this real is this not real i like i like that kind of story it's a fun story there's a lot of action in it there's a lot of the, the characters are good you know mark is is understandably very messed up in you know trying to deal with all this so it's a lot of fun if you're not familiar with moon knight i think it's it's kind i mean it's still kind of fun but you don't really care <laughs> about the characters because you don't know any of the characters like i think i mean we've only seen two episodes of moon knight but i think the there's this guy that he sits with that is uh, pretends to be a statue i think that's supposed to be crawley so at least i'm in, being introduced to him but you don't i don't know you don't know enough if you don't know no, enough about the characters the, si the secondary characters it's like oh frenchie died oh that's too bad okay oh carly has to stay behind eh, who cares yeah was like and, which is my and, honestly because i don't know those characters so i don't yeah feel that and did they, did they die well yeah crawley's obviously not dead he just has to stay behind you know, well but did anybody. any of them die was any of that real uh, yeah. was it all in his mind right that's fair yeah we don't know so anyway, if you are a Moon Knight fan, this is a good read. The artwork is great. It's yeah. got that nice kind of, I don't want to call it a, a rough sketching to it, but it's got kind of the, just that very good, it's it's that good, I don't say that good homemade pen sketching, <laughs> but it's like, it's not digital art. It looks, you know, it looks like it was all hand-drawn art. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of good line work. Like Greg Smallwood, Smallwood especially in his backgrounds and stuff, like really works the lines and like the the craggly walls of the institute are like crazy and there's a lot of the panel structure changes like i think like the more he like he doubts his reality or like when like he's getting the electroshock therapy or he's mm -hmm. about to lose consciousness the the panels on the page get smaller and smaller and smaller and one time yeah they make like an exclamation point yeah as uh, kind of part of the layout like they play around with the panel structure on this a lot which i think kind of adds to the i don't really know how stable this whole situation really is um and like when he goes and has these kind of like mental discussions with country when country like visits him mm -hmm. it gets very like sketchy yeah. and like kind of um rough and almost like watercolor painted that like kind of makes it feel like ethereal Yes. If if you will, and then it kind of snaps back into kind of a little bit of a grittier right. reality. So, like, man, I mean, Greg Small would just... very uh, well done. Yeah. And, like, really, the really shading really well. for yeah, all of Jordi this. Yeah, Jordi Belair on the colors, too. So much effort like, for the uh, shading. It looks, it just looks great. Very, very atmospheric. Um, so, kudos to the whole creative team. Uh, yeah, so the art, I would have to, you know, across for, you know, for neophytes and for for people who are very, very familiar with, for, with Moon Knight, I would have to say the art is an A for both. For story, it's more of like a, uh, I'm not really, if you read a little bit, you know, read up a little bit on Moon Knight or watch the show a little bit and then go into this and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't disagree with anything you've said, Joe, to be honest. Like, it was enjoyable as someone, I, myself, who knows about Moon Knight. Um, but I can see where it, if you're not really, if you're looking to kind of like get an introduction to the character, that this is it. not yeah. quite the introduction to the character <laughs> at all. Um, but so yeah, maybe as a companion piece, like you were saying, if you get to the end of the show and you want to kind of see something kind of in the comics, that's yeah. some other vibe. And honestly, I, I feel like the comics might, or this rather the, the show might be borrowing a lot from this comic series. Cause there's like elements of this yeah. that like map directly to the show. And as, as a kid, what, you know, reading Moon Knight and stuff, like, I'm not sure like it, that 
that those the earlier stories line up. So I think they've mined a lot of the this Jeff Lemire run maybe for right. uh, for the show. Yeah. Okay. All righty. All righty. Well, up next, these Savage Shores. And now we're back with These Savage Shores, Volume 1. This is written by Ram V, illustrated by Sumit Kumar, colors by Vittorio Astone, and lettered by Aditya Bidikar. All right. This one deals, it's set in long ago times. Yeah, I would say colonial times, you know, 18th century. Yeah, and it takes place in India. So this is kind of, um, it's it's about... uh, there's so many ways to pronounce it. I'm just gonna say Rakshasa. Yeah. Because they he in the in the text uh, Bishon refers to himself as a Rakshas. So, but anyway, so these are kind of uh, Hindu mythology has them as demons that like man-eating demons, um, and also deals with vampires, of course, because vampires vampires from London and then. Rakshasas from Rakshasas, India, yeah, from yeah. from India, and I, I think it's got this. The overtone is the colonial period, British Empire yeah. extending into India, trying to influence and conquer, and you know the West brings vampires to the shores of India, but India is not going to take that lightly, right? And honestly, I will, I will admit that this uh, the character that we start the story with is a man named Alan Pierrefonds. I'm yeah. going to assume that's how you pronounce sure. it. He's coming from London. He's been sent away because he is a vampire. So he's been sent from London because he was caught um, sucking on chili dogs outside the tasty <laughs> freeze, as you will. But no, he was. Wow. <laughs> he he wow. he had bitten and killed um, like a a chambermaid or something in someone's house and people saw him do it so they knew he was a vampire so his people you know his what do they call him sire yeah like their dad the, the whoever turns them yeah yeah they, they're a sire vampires sire or other vampires yeah sure yeah okay Vam, vampire anyway so he of course didn't want to have him have uh alan i'm assuming it's alan right not elaine i assume i-n yeah, but I, mean, I, don't, I, Alain, Alain. I don't know how it's like a French thing, I assume. Anyway. French heritage. Right. Monsieur Pierrefonds. <laughs> anyway. So he gets sent off to Calicut, which I'm assuming is was Calcutta, but Yeah. Pre... Yeah. No, I think Calicut is the Is different than Calcutta? No, it's the same city. I, okay. I, one of them is the correct like the, the indigenous pop pronunciation. Probably Calicut. And the other then. one is yeah. Okay. So he gets sent off to the um the East Indian Trading Company to kind of oversee that because, of course, over there they haven't heard anything about him. So he goes off on a ship and is sent out there, and he is sent to stay with um, in the in the house of a young prince whose father <laughs> had killed himself in a fire. Yes, because an opposing czar was trying to take over his his area. So, uh, from is it Mysore or Mysore? I don't know. I don't know. How to, it's M Y S O R E. Yeah, I, I would assume Mysore, but I could be wrong. Mysore, anyway. I don't know. 
So, um, and honestly, I thought that Monsieur Pierrefonds would be an important character. I mean, he is an important <laughs> character throughout the entire story. He's more like a MacGuffin yeah. himself, anyway. Right, but he ends up dying, being killed, and beheaded within, like, the first issue. Yeah. So, anyway, but we get there, there's this woman, Corey, and she has, um, she's hanging out with Bichon, who's kind of like her, her, her lover, even though he was around her since she was a little girl and he would tell her stories and he's immortal so he's not gonna he's yeah. he doesn't age but she grew up i never get those stories those like things that they yeah, do in gross. stories where the the child grows to love the immortal yeah like in like the, romantically like the, what's the up one with that with the vampires and the werewolves like twilight or new moon or what, whichever volume it was i never i never watched those but oh no sure. like so yeah so in the books like or when, books either, yeah. yeah so when her kid is born like the werewolf guy. He's like, that's my, that's my baby. wife. Right. It's, it's like What's, so gross. What the heck? It's like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, um, but he's, they're sitting around, they're sitting around talking. She's actually, Corey is a performer for, for the prince. She's a performer for, I guess, for the village, you could say. And so, um, Monsieur Pierrefonds is brought to the the palace and said you're you'll, you know you'll be safe here just hang out here and so in the evening he decides that he's just going to go out by himself and he is off you know horseback riding what have you and we see him and he Corey is done with her act or whatever and it's a topless she's topless during the act so we just, see some yeah. breasts flouncing so definitely about. not uh for children the right. story i mean the violence is also going to preclude right. that pretty but quickly. We, here, but it yeah. seems like, like as if it's like a, a sensual dance or something like that. Anyway, so she goes bathing in this kind of lagoon thing. And he shows up and he's like in full vent mode, like, I'm going to eat you. And then something pounces on him out of the, out of the, from out of the darkness and kills him. And of course, at this point, I mean, we can kind of guess that it's going to be Bichon who does it. But we don't know. We just assume he's just like this is a really old dude that's been around for a long time and is some sort of deity because he was created from the deities. Yeah. So it turns out he's a Rakshasa, or a Rakshas, if you want to call it that, which is in this iteration is it has big horns. Yes. And is he is immortal, and he just can turn this mammoth beast and kind of knock you down, and he can stand up to a, like a vampire sire kind of guy. He can also shapeshift, which we see a little bit briefly. In, yes, in so he looks like a, he looks like a man, and he's been basically he's been the protector of this royal family for centuries, and so the royal family knows he has to wear a mask. So I guess you can't ever see his face to understand that he's always around. Because that'll be like, hey, you look just like your grandfather yeah. or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so now everything is all everyone's all astir because suddenly, like at least back in London, because. Pierre Fon is dead. He's been decapitated. And there was also a vampire hunter that was looking for him as well. Zachariah Stern. Yes. And he had come to America looking for... Not America. <laughs> Way to make everything about America. <laughs> he'd come to, he had, he'd, he'd come to Calicut and he was looking for uh, Pierre Fon. So he's now he's trying to figure out who actually killed this guy. Because this has kind of been, if you will, his, his, his Captain Ahab, this has been his white whale is to take this guy down and someone else has done it for him and so he's kind of he kind of sneaks about skulks about and is kind of watching everything that's happening and he follows um the prince 
and Corey and Bishan when they go on some sort of mission. Because they're hunting. They, everybody thinks that a, a leopard or somebody or killed or yeah. killed Pierrefont because nobody knew he was a vampire. And so they're like, oh, we got to hunt the, the man hunter, the beast that's... Because like, Pierrefont came back dead, but like on his horse with his head in his hands right. is how Bishan kind of was like, yep, yep, there you go. Go show everybody <laughs> uh, not to mess with my lady. And uh, uh, that freaked everybody out. So they're on this, like, hunt for what they think is, like, you know, a, a leopard or some kind of, you know, right. wild animal. And uh, so... Yeah. Um... Stern is, like, following them. Right, and he's a really good vampire hunter. Like, he knows the formulas you have to make to toss on the vampires to, you know, take them down and stuff like that. And so he has a special um, projectile that he's going to shoot at the prince because he's assuming that the prince is who is the person is some sort of um special creature it's like some sort of paranormal creature so he is getting ready to shoot the prince he's like and i mean he says to us but you know as a side to himself he says it's not going to kill him but if he is something else it'll show his it'll show his form it'll hurt him yeah so as he's getting ready to shoot at the prince and the the prince is getting ready to shoot at the leopard that's when bishan comes in saves the prince right and kind of jumps in the way of of Stern and is about to kill Stern and then Corey runs over and she's like no don't do it and then we get to and so you know Stern is like what the heck because we get to actually see Bichon we get to see the thing that had killed the Pierre Fon and it's this massive dude with these big goat horns kind of situation and so they they camp they end up capturing Stern and taking him you know hauling him back to their little prison and stuff and He's so Stern is kind of putting the pieces together. He's like, okay, it wasn't this. This wasn't the little boy. It wasn't this jaguar. It was this guy. I know who this guy is. Because yeah. he's, you know, he's like I said, he's very smart. He's a very smart guy. Yeah, but he's imprisoned now. Word, as you were saying, Joe, earlier, word gets back to England, London, yeah, London, that Pierrefont's dead, and his vampire buddies are like, what? We must avenge him. Yeah, so they kidnap somebody in London and torture them and try to understand like what may have happened, but nobody really knows. So they decide that they gotta they gotta go get uh, get a ship mm-hmm. and uh, head over to India and and yes. figure it out themselves. So they're on their way, and while that's happening, the prince, whose name is Vikram, uh, Vikram is uh, kind of called to parley with the Sultan of Misore or Misore, however right. you pronounce it. Uh, the Sultan summons him. Because I guess Vikram is kind of like a, he's a prince, but he's not like the king, right? Not he's not the 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 local like he has his own little princedom, if you will, or kingdom. But the the sultan, you know, rules over everything. So the sultan summons him, and of course Bishan follows, and they have a, they have a parley, and the, the sultan basically says like, look, you need to lend me some troops because the Brits are invading, they're trying to take over our lands, and we won't have any of their their tyranny so right. you know i need you to pledge people and they kind of negotiate back and forth and uh, vikram's like well but if i do this then you know I, i'm sacrificing troops to your cause you know what you know i'll be honest me. like that stuff was not interesting to it me. was not i'm not a big not. i'm not interested in, in warfare in general and really what i think it it's was like eh. yeah what i think it serves for the story is just it moves bishan away from the palace yeah so you've got you know, and and so what? Well, because what ultimately happens is Bishan says, "Fine, I'll lead some troops. I'm immortal anyway. I'll, I'll take some troops. We'll go fight the Brits." And Vikram, you go back to the palace and hang out. 
uh, <laughs> and th- we'll make the Sultan happy so that, you know, and the Sultan also knows that Bishan is immortal. So right. the Sultan's like, dude, you should, you know, defend your lands that you've held forever as, as an immortal. But guess what? The Sultan's a liar. Yeah. The, the Sultan doesn't end up. Pretends to be salt of the earth. Yeah. He like, they, they like basically say, okay, we'll meet up at this place to fight. And the Sultan's like, I'll send my troops, you send your troops. Sultan never sends his troops because yeah. he basically has to, he's trying to be strategic and put things, put resources elsewhere. And it doesn't work. All of Bishan's men are killed except for Bishan, of course, who then goes into Rakshasa mode and, you know, slaughters all the Brits. But he's quite upset at the betrayal. But what happens is Bishan is off doing this whole, like, epic, uh, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a jude law movie or something with uh with uh what's her head uh, uh, uh <laughs> like one of these movies where the dude goes off to war and oh. then all kinds of other things are happening on the home front right okay uh, i don't know what movie i'm thinking but i'm sure there is one in there um uh, atonement is maybe the movie i'm thinking of. anyway uh, so um at the palace uh vikram is back and Corey's there and the vampires show up mm-hmm. and they're like who killed Pierrefont? And of course, they have um, Stern. Stern captured, and they like Stern's like, "You need to set me free. You need. We need to. We need a montage right now. We need to set up mm-hmm. some stuff, some logs hidden in strategic locations, some punji sticks, etc., in order to deal with these vamps because right. they're they're coming to clean house. They want revenge for the dude that got killed, and so Stern kind of." is allowed to, you know, do his montage and set everybody up to trap the vampires, but it doesn't quite work. Like the, I forget the name of the, um, the head vampire. He's uh, he's got like a lordly name. Uh, uh, it's like Jure or something like that. J U R R E. Yeah. Yeah. I got that at first. It was June. Okay. Like when I first read the letter that Pierre Font was writing. <laughs> oh yeah. Because the, the, the script that they right. used. And yeah. I was like, Oh, he's writing to his woman. And I'm like, wait, no, that's not what's happening. Yeah. So Jure sure. is a, yeah, he's a yeah. very powerful old vampire. So like his vampire buddies get taken out pretty quick from by the snipers that are shooting arrows with silver air, uh, uh, heads and everything. But Jure, you know, is is immune to silver. It turns out, and he goes into full like man bat mode. Uh, that it, it his you know his he, he he goes into his final form, if you will. Right. And uh, he beats the crap out of Stern and, like, rips his arm off or something or, like, his, his hand. And, and, by the way, I have no idea. Like, Corey, again, is like, don't. It's like, what? what is your attachment to this dude? Yeah, you just, he tried to, like. I mean, I guess, like, I, I, guess like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that it's not the right thing to do to, you know, yeah. not let someone die. But it's, like, about two times she's been like, no, don't hurt him. And it's like, well, why do you care so much? He has so not much? endeared himself to you yeah, he's much like, at all. Why? Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, they, you know, they're, you know, they're about to kill Stern, but I think, I don't know if it's Corey or Vikram comes on. They're like, no, don't kill him. He's not the one that killed Pierrefont. Yeah, Corey. Does Corey it. does? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, she's there <clears throat> with, with Vikram, but anyway. And so, um, she gets turned. Yeah. She gets bas- turned. Yeah. Basically, the vampires are like, oh, really? This dude did it? Well. I'm going to turn you and then you're going to leave a message for him. I mean, we're, we're, I, I, at least when I read it, assume that that was the plan. Right. Uh, we're not shown that explicitly, but Corey's turned into a vampire. Bishan comes back after murdering people and going back to the Sultan and leaving the Sultan his, uh, 
there's a lot of like Godfather type references where like he just leaves a head yeah. of uh, <laughs> one of the Sultan's lieutenants or whatever, and the Sultan's like, look, you know, you could have you could have killed you could have won the war for us, but you chose not to. Um, you know, what's what's your deal? And the the Sultan's son shows up and basically kind of guilts Bishan into not. into not killing the Sultan. Bishan leaves, turns into a wolf and leaves, and then he shows up and sees Corey, I don't know how many weeks later or whatever. Right. Uh, she's like, hey, I'm a vampire now. We go to go to London and talk to these we've been, people. We've been invited for the final fight. Uh, it's so like a fighting game where they like they go, London. Right. And they just kind of <laughs> like, but it's ships instead. Right, but, which is like so much <laughs> slower. And that's why anytime stuff like this happens, I'm like, I guarantee you it takes at least two days. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> guess weeks, weeks. Right, so it's just like there's not an awkwardness. She's like a vampire this whole time. I'm like, what's she eating? Crew? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, <laughs> Crew. It's like, how is she surviving? Some pig's She's blood like, that they save. I don't know. Some, so, so they get they get to this whole time. The more thing has been going on, and anyway, they get to London, and their host is actually he's actually very polite to them. We have the usual build tension with a formal meal. Yes. Before the fighting begins, it's like here, and you know, it's kind of like you need to have a human heart. Corey, and here, you can have some steamed beans mm, and, and, or something. and a, dr- a drumstick from KFC. <laughs> drumstick. <laughs> I don't even think Kentucky existed yet. They, I, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, also it looks like in the picture, it looks like some steamed beans, a Kentucky Fried Chicken drumstick, and maybe cranberry sauce. Sure, sure. <laughs> anyway. So after the after the meal... It's dueling time. Yeah, it's time to get down. And, of course, Corey is, is I'm very upset that she be turned into a vampire. But anyway, they go and fight. They turn into their forms. And it looks... Oh, and during the fight, uh, Bishan gets one of his horns ripped off. And he gets stabbed in the back with his own horn. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty brutal. And he's losing the battle. And so Corey's like, drink, drink of my blood. Yeah, because she's like, look, I told you you're... You're going to have to hold to your word and finish this. Yeah. Uh, no matter the cost. So he drinks vampire blood. And then becomes like a bunch of, like a, do- a dozen Bichon. Yeah, like he like spawns off, I don't know how many Which, different Rakshas. Uh... This this is my only issue Okay. with the volume, is that. That is so deus ex machina. Yeah, there's not, Because like, yeah. like I, I researched Rakshasa after this. Yeah, yeah. I know to see what they do. And it's just like, and I looked up. I, I was looking through there to see, like, if you buy, if you're a Rakshasa and you bite a vampire, do you become twenty <laughs> of yourself? And it's like, no, you don't. Right? Yeah, they're, they're known. They're known from from what I read, because uh, I also wanted to learn about what the Rakshasa do. Uh, they they're like troublemaker demons, right. and they they eat humans, but they don't like multiply right like themselves. Like that's not a superpower that they're like yeah. assigned in the and mythology so or whatever. Like, and I was like, if he could turn into like a bunch of people, then when he attacked Pierrefonds, why didn't he turn into a bunch of people? I, don't know, I thought maybe it's like a vampire blood special power that you get. You know, you get that power up. Right, but Pierrefonds was a vampire. Yeah, but he didn't drink his blood, right? He may have just like swiped his head off, you know. Okay, that's fair. But anyway, so I was just like, really? So at the at the last second is when suddenly he's going to, their their love, the love flowing through her veins yeah, for hard him. To say, hard to say. I don't even know quadruples, you know, septuple. What is dozen? Dozuple? Like, you know, like to make a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. The dozen version, though. 
<laughs> sure. 12 of him. And I'm like, that's not really how, that seems very, very easy and very convenient. That suddenly there's a bunch of him to take down this vampire. Eh. Of course, he wins at that point. Yeah, Jure's, or Jure, however you pronounce his name, is, he's dead. He's right. gone. And Corey lights all the stuff on fire. She lights him on fire as well as all the, all the other Bichon. Yeah, so there's only the true Bichon left, we assume. And uh, she's still a vampire. And so they go back to India to say goodbye to Prince Vikram one last time. Or at least Bichon does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Corey can't really... She's hanging out on the trees. Yeah, because she has, you know, a hard time with, uh, you know, the lack of uh, cover. And right. just uh, so they're, they're going to clearly have to leave India as, right. as kind of a result. But um, it's kind of left with, uh, you know, kind of some parting words from Bichon. And how like you know they're still in love, but it's this whole thing has cost them a lot, yeah. uh, the personal level, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. So overall, I I did thoroughly enjoy it, but that because I I haven't read a lot of of Hindu based anything honestly, and so that one it was a lot of fun to read, and it was fun to work with different kind of demonology, if you will, because he yeah. is a demon. Yeah. But again, that for me, like I. When I I reviewed it on the Goodreads, I, I had to give it four out of five because for me it was just like that was just way too convenient that her vampire blood is strong is like she was just turned. Yeah. It was like how is she gonna suddenly be powerful enough with her blood to turn him into like twelve of him? Yeah, I mean I don't know. I just thought it was like it seemed a little you, know, too you don't convenient. miss you don't mix. Uh vampires and rakshasa because you know you get weird results or maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was how i took it anyway yeah. uh, once you go rakshasa <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> you're effed <laughs> anyway <laughs> um so yeah so for me overall i would have to give it a b just because of that just because that ending was a little too convenient a little too easy like if they alluded to that towards the beginning of the story like if they'd been you know if you love someone enough and they bite you hard enough <laughs> Your love will multiply into many of you. Or something, you know, like there's some sort of tale or something of that. But instead of it just being like, hey, it looks like you're losing this fight. Would you like some more lives? Here, drink this blood of mine. And then... Take this power up. Exactly. And I was like, oh, it's a little too easy. So, but the artwork was beautiful. Yes. And the colors were great as well. So yes. I, you know, for those, those are amazing. Those are awesome. Those are a, a plus. But yeah, for the story, I'd have to give it a B. Yeah, you know, it, it gripped me more than I thought it would. Um, I mean, we, we picked it for a reason because we thought the premise was, was interesting and what have you, but um, it was it was almost hard to put down sometimes. Like, a credit to, to yeah. Ron V, like, the, it, it's definitely, you know, you read, there's plenty of, you know, genre stuff said in the colonial period with pirates and vampires mm-hmm. and all the lot, but this blend of, you know, East and West uh type stuff um and the atmosphere of it all mm-hmm. was like it was very moody it was yeah. like it was a vibe it was a total vibe right. uh, i think part of that is sumi kumar's art uh and vittorio astoni's colors as well for sure you get this kind of like golden washed yeah kind of like patina over the, the everything yeah and I, I just felt like that that was right well only when you're in india i should say because like the in London or wherever, everything's got like a blue, black, grayish, foggy, grayish, foggy thing. Yeah. It's just so atmospheric, um, and and the story I, I thought was 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 well done as well. I, I mirror your, your your comments, Joe. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just um, it was compelling. It was it was yeah. like 
It was good. It was dark and it was deep. It was it had the, the there's a lot of letter writing it's that kind of narrates over too. stuff. Yeah, the characters suffer and grow and and do things yeah. and the there's a lot of reflection in the letters that kind of help set the the, mm-hmm. the mood and the the thinking of the characters that kind of deepen things. So I thought it was really well done. Yeah. So oh. now we have some big news for you, though. Yeah. Speaking of done. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, folks, we really uh, enjoyed doing the podcast. Um, uh, it's been a wild ride, uh, over four years now of podcasting we've done with Comic Stripped, uh, but it's time for it to come to an end. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to do one more episode, issue 50 of Comic Stripped, next month, uh, May 18th, 2022, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. We, uh, we really, you know, did this to... Read, read more comics? Yeah. I mean, I definitely read way more comics and been exposed to way more awesomeness than I ever knew existed out there. Yeah. And we'll, we'll keep that going kind of in our own, uh, in our personal side. In our side. hearts. Yeah, in our hearts <laughs> and, and really in our in our, in our our regular reading uh, off the pod, yeah. if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, we've, we, we, we have some other things we want to go and, and do. And so uh, we're going to, we're just going to wrap it up in a nice round number episode uh, yeah. 50. So but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and spending time with us and sending us your thoughts and your suggestions on stuff. We really appreciate it. And we yeah. we we loved spending time with you and we loved getting to share our thoughts with you. So Yeah. Yeah. So keep reading comics, even after it's fifty. Yes. Keep reading them, keep the industry going. Just remember uh, if you fans. your local library is awesome with resources, you have access to Libby, you have access to Hoopla and both of those have comics available to you. Yeah, novels. yeah, and if you're listening internationally, presumably you have, you know, libraries and those kind of resources available in wherever you live. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, right. that's uh, that's us. So, issue fifty, we're going to be reading the Young Avengers. It's written by Alan Heinberg and art by Jim Chung. Uh, sets up a lot of characters that uh, the MCU will probably uh, <laughs> be making more and more use of over time. Some of them have already been introduced, and we'll also be reading the Nice House on the Lake, Volume One. That's written by James Tinian IV, uh, with art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. So we'll see you one last time. All right. Later.